Hi, welcome. Thank you for tuning to Life Plus Up with your host Kevin Yang. For all the listeners, Life Plus Up is a podcast dedicated in making your life better by achieving success in three core components of life: personal, financial, and career. In each episode, we'll be bringing some of the most positive and inspiring news, followed by introducing programs to help out with personal finance. We'll coach you some professional skills to help you advance in your career, and be your resources for a better lifestyle and health. You can find the newest episode every Wednesday by follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google, or much more. At the end of each episode, I will answer some of the questions from our listeners. So if you have a question, please email me or DM me on Instagram, or just by clicking on the voice link listed in the description. Remember, if you find this podcast informative and helpful, please share with someone that you think this can help. So now, let's have a great show. It's the first day of your new career. It has been four months since you were laid off from your previous employer that you have devoted over a decade to. For the first time in a long time, you feel butterflies in your stomach as you walk through the parking lot to meet with your new team. Today is the first day as the new manager of your new retail branch. As you get closer, you one cease fire of aspiration begin to reignite. You begin to ask yourself. What should I do differently this time? How do I earn the trust of my team? How can I build a stronger bond with my peers and turn them into my advocates? How do I build a stronger relationship with my new boss? How do I avoid losing control of my career again? Welcome to episode twenty: How to be a leader at work and build toward your success. The three keys to master the fundamental of building your brand of leadership. First, before we begin, I want to thank all the listeners for tuning into our podcast. As many of you know, that I have recently started a 100 Happy Days challenge under the hashtag #100 Happy Days Life Plus Up. With our last episode about happiness, I thank for all the participants who started their journey with us. And I wish all of us the best luck in this journey of recording our happiness in life. I also want to thank all the patrons who have signed up on Patreon to support our show. Your support will make our show better in our qualities, and also being able to produce more resources to help others to achieve the core components of life. All the patrons will receive benefits such as joining our Discord group. Having early access to episodes and publications, invites to workshops and networking events, and even one-on-one monthly mentorship programs that we'll be conducting over Zoom. For more details, please use the link listed in the show descriptions to go into our Patreon page. Now, let's kick off with some positive news to start our show. Today, our news is brought to you by CNN The Good Stuff, written by Christina. Dinowicz. The headline of our story is: A taxi driver 
saved an elderly woman from being scammed out of $25,000. A California cab driver knew something sounded fishy when his elderly passenger said that she needed a ride to the bank to withdraw $25,000. Rahit Singh picked up a 92-year-old woman in Roseville, California two weeks ago when he started chatting with her. Singh said she told him she was about to withdraw the money to settle a debt with IRS. He pleaded with the woman to reconsider, saying that he thought this could be a scam. Singh even detoured to a police station to help convince his passenger not to withdraw her money. I'm an honest guy, and these old people, they need help, Singh, the owner of Roseville Cap, told CNN on Thursday. It just made sense. As Singh talked to the woman, she told him that someone had called her and asked for the money. When he asked if it was a family member, the woman grew silent. Singh said the woman agreed to let him call the number to the person who was posing as an IRS employee. We called this number again, and I asked the man, Do you know this lady? He said no. Singh said, I knew something was wrong. When Singh pressed the man, saying the woman was 92 years old and she was nervous, the man hung up on him after repeated calls back. Singh said the number blocked him. Despite that, Singh said that the woman still didn't believe him and he came up with another idea. Raj pleaded with the woman to reconsider and so they stopped by Roseville Police Station to ask an officer. The police department said in a post on Facebook, Singh spoke with an officer in the station who then spoke with the woman. Police said the conversation with the officer worked and the woman believed that she was being scammed. We love the story because several times throughout, Raj could have taken his customer to her stop and not worry about her well-being, Roseville Police said in the Facebook post. He took time from his day and had a great forethought to bring the almost victim to the police station for an official response. Roseville Police says Singh deserved a great citizen award in a statement. His quick thinking saved a senior citizen $25,000, and for that, we greatly appreciate his effort, police said. Singh took his passenger home, her bank account saved, a week after the potential scam was stopped. Singh said he got a call asking him to come back to the station. Officers give Singh a $50 gift card to thank him for what he did. Here at Life Plus Up, Singh, we really appreciate and thank you for being an honest man and also help the poor lady out. There's a lot of scammers out there. However, if everyone can do our responsibility on helping each other out, we will put an end to this fraud. So once again, thank you for your kindness and also your courage to do the right thing. Now, let's take a short break and hear what our sponsor has to say. Welcome back. So let me ask you, what is leadership? Many historical greats interpret leadership differently. John C. Maxwell, an inspirational American author, has stated, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. Bill Gates, one of the world's richest, once said in his interviews, leaders will be those who empowers others. Warren Bennis, the pioneer of leadership studies, offered his interpretation as, leadership is the capacity to translate vision into reality. So as you can see, 
everyone has a different understanding of leadership. To me, a leader is a person who manages, influences, and mentors others to accomplish a common goal. For over 15 years as a life coach, I've dedicated myself to help others to achieve success in personal, financial, and career. Through my time as an executive and board of director for major international organizations, I've seen individuals with talents stagger in their careers because they did not have the right advocates to market them. I have also seen managers lost their jobs during corporate restructuring without any opportunities to transition due to failing to maintain a strong relationship with their bosses. Alas, I have personally witnessed leaders. Fail to execute their plans due to lack of support from their followers. All these are examples of how individuals who fail to implement proper leadership at work impacted their success. Through observations, coaching, and research, I found that for individuals to succeed at work, regardless what position you are, they need to implement an all-around leadership style. A 360 degrees leadership. It is a style that focuses on three keys of providing all-around relationship-based workplace management, which is managing up, influencing peers, and mentoring down. Now let's start with key number one: managing up. Most of us have been tasked at least once in our career to manage or mentor subordinates or any newcomers. But when's the last time you actively manage your bosses? We have all heard of stories of horrible bosses, while some of us even experience them ourselves. Generally, when we describe horrible bosses, we think about misconduct, oversized ego, conflicting messages, or the most popular one, favoritism. But have you ever felt that your boss manages with favoritism? Why some of your peers often seem to be very close to your boss, while you continue to strike a relationship or even a conversation outside of a typical criticism? Have you ever thought about how come you are never the favorite? So, how do you manage your relationship with your bosses and be the favorite? Managing upward is like planting a flower. To plant any flower, first you have to know the breed of flowers. The environment which you'll be growing, the soil to use, the watering schedule, and most importantly, it always takes enormous amount of time and effort just to make any flower blossom. If we apply the same theory in managing upward, it will be four simple steps. Step one: identify what kind of bosses you have. There are many types of bosses in the workplace. Some of them are brand new, some of them are seasoned, some of them are just very positive, and some of them are straight up toxic. Regardless of who they are now, just remember there were times that these bosses had displayed a high level of competencies or at least ability to maintain a strong personal relationship with their own bosses. That was why why they were even promoted in the first place. Try to overlook any personal opinion that you might have for your bosses now, and identify what their types are. Once you can determine what kind of bosses you have, 
that it will be easy for you to find out what is important to them. That will be step number two. Find out what is important to your bosses. Business relationships generally based on mutual benefits. To manage upwards successfully, you have to identify what is essential to your bosses. If they are newly hired, you'll be necessary to deliver results right away. If your bosses are positive and often provide constant coaching, then it is important to be a good team member. If your bosses are seasoned and just waiting for retirement, then you know their only goal will be to deliver consistent minimum result till the end without any hiccup. Now imagine your boss will be retiring next year. Do you think he will be vouching for your crazy revolutionary plan to restructure sales campaigns? I don't think so. Once you have identified what's important to your bosses, it is time to draft an action plan to align both of your goals to start building your relationship with them. Step number three, propose an action plan that aligns both of your goals. To prepare an action plan, first, you have to identify your goals. In my previous episode, wait, are you setting the correct goals? I have discussed in length about the importance of setting SMART goals. Specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. Once you have your goals set and aligned with your boss's goals, it is crucial to create a list of actions to help both of you to achieve it. If you struggle with creating an action plan, I have attached few templates that you can use for free. Just check into our description of the episode. Remember, once your plan is created, you have to propose to your boss and try to convince that it will be in their best interest to support you. Remember, they are not interested in any win-win situation. Your proposal has to be they win more and you win less in order to be accepted. Step number four, regularly evaluate your action plan with your bosses. Just because your proposal is accepted does not mean you stop watering the relationship, right? To manage upward, it is important to show that you are dedicated and committed in building a strong relationship with your bosses. You should set regular evaluation appointments with your bosses and be sure to hold yourself accountable in making to those appointments as a priority. Remember, if you don't do it, you don't expect your bosses to do it. Now, let's dive into key number two, influencing your peers. If you want to know how to make people shame you and laugh at you behind your back and even despise you, here's the recipe. Never listen to anyone for long. Talk insensitively about yourself. If you have an idea while the other person is talking, don't wait for him or her to finish. Bust right in and interrupt in the middle of a sentence. Say Dale Carnegie in his book, how to win friends and influence people. Yes, that is the recipe of making people laugh at you behind your back. For any individual to succeed at work, peers' endorsements and supports are must. If you have a strong relationship with your bosses but fail to win advocates from your peers, you will only be labeled as another brown noser. In my previous episode, three keys to manage your personal brand 
I have discussed the importance of building a successful brand at work and how you can use it to influence others. At work, your execution of specific projects may be decided based on your ability to manage your relationship with your peers. Imagine in every idea pitching meeting, your peers continue to voice their objections without any basis. Do you think that will impact the chances of your idea being accepted? Now, vice versa, think about what kind of positive impacts you will have if there are cheerleaders in your corner in every single proposal meeting. Influencing your peers can sometimes be more challenging than managing upward or even mentoring your subordinates. Your peers are individuals that perform the same task as you with similar ranks. So how do you influence them? You will have to make them genuinely like you to win their trust. Dale Carnegie, author of How to Win Friends and Influence People, stated in his book, The only way I can get you to do anything is by giving you what you want. If you want your peers' support, you have to know what's important to them and how you can bring value. Now, do you recall the last time you decided to vote for a particular politician? What was the reason behind your support? You voted for the politician because the changes that were promised would be beneficial to you, right? So with that logic, if you want your peers to vote for you, you have to make a promise that will benefit them too. Keep in mind, like any politician, if you fail to deliver your promise, you should see your peers turn on you pretty quickly. Now, there are four steps to influence your peers as well. First, you have to know what's important to them. Second, you will need to ensure them that your proposals are in their best interest. Third, you have to always be transparent and consistent with your communication. And lastly, keep your promises to the best of your abilities. If you can deliver, you have to at least be transparent about it. Now let's go into key number three, mentoring down. What is the most significant difference between a very prestigious university and city colleges? Some may argue it is the resources. Others may say that the difference lay between the faculties. But in my perspective, it is the students that make all the difference. Good students can represent their school after graduating. They will apply what they have learned at work and in the society to provide value to others. Therefore, the reputation of the school will go up. Now, vice versa, if you have bad students, bad students often tinted the names of the school and created reputational damages. At work, you are like your own college. It is up to you to help your subordinates and mentees to represent you successfully. Think about the best manager you ever had at work. What did that manager do that made you feel so valued? What was taught to you? How did that manager shape your success in the future? Now, we have all heard or even experienced stories of brilliant strategies but failed to launch due to lack of support and incompetency from the team members. Why did it fail? What could be done differently? Were the team ready for the execution of the strategies? 
Mentorship is very similar to other relationship leadership techniques that we discussed earlier. You will need to follow a similar type of steps, just like managing upward, but with consideration of the level of competencies. When you are maintaining your relationship with your bosses, you know that both parties have the necessary means and skills to perform the actions listed in the action plans. But when you are mentoring subordinates or new team members, you often have to teach them the essential skills to perform the task toward your expectations. To be a successful mentor, you will just have to follow the following steps too. Step one, you have to know how they want to be coached. You have to go and be able to know what styles to take. You have to know what is important to them, and you have to know what are their triggers. Step two, set expectations. It's important for them to know what is expected. Remember, there are only few reasons why people will not do what they wanted to do. They don't know the expectations. They don't know how to do it. Or they don't just don't want to do it. So you have to be able to let them know what your expectations are. Step three: set action plans. Once that you know how they like to be coached and you set expectations with them, you want to put a plan together, starting from something that they can go ahead and feel confident about. Little battles, little wins here and there often make a big difference. And step four: review the action plans toward expectation regularly. Just like influencing your peers, if you want to establish trust, your communication has to be transparent and consistent, right? For the past 15 years, I have helped a lot of people to achieve success in core components of life, which are personal, financial, and career. Throughout my time, I have seen many individuals with talents, but never live up to their fullest in their job because they did not have. Any peers to endorse them. I have also seen very seasoned employees being laid off without any opportunities due to their relationship with their bosses. I personally witnessed professionals fail to launch their strategy due to lack of support and competencies from their team. So to succeed at work, one has to implement an all-around leadership style for success. Remember. You don't have to be in the leadership positions to exert leadership. To have an all-around leadership, you just have to make sure that you do the 360-degree style, which focuses on managing up, influencing your peers, and mentoring down. So now, let me ask you: How are you going to be a leader at work and build toward your success? All right. So I hope everyone liked this episode. As that we are continue to go on with our challenges for 100 happy days, I want to go ahead and answer a few questions that we have in our mailbag. So let's take a time to take a look at our first question from one of the listener here at New York. Hi, Kevin, long-term listener, first-time caller. I found your episode three with Michael, the mortgage consultant, very resourceful. When are you going to get Michael back on the show? First, thank you for your support. I definitely appreciate that you have tuned in for a long time. I will try my very best to get some of the guests back on this show, especially for Michael. I know that right now that most of us have recently heard that the interest rate for mortgage is at a four-year low. 
So I think it might be important for us to bring him back to the show just to go over a few options for people to jump on that home ownership train. So I promise you, I will try my very best to reconnect and see what we can do about getting him back on, all right? Now, let's take a look at our second question. It's also from one of the listeners in New York. Hi, Kevin. I found your challenge 100 happy days very interesting. So how do you maintain to do your work, also be able to produce a podcast, and at the same time do the challenges? Do you ever find time to rest? Yes, thank you for your questions. So it all depends on time management. A lot of time, there are many tasks that I take on that it can be kind of overloading. But if you actually do make a list of a schedule of what to do and when to achieve by, you make it a lot easier to get all the things done at once. For me, 100 happy day challenge is not really a task. It is a way for me to recall the happy moments of that day. It's important for me to make sure that I consistently wire my mind to think about the positive part versus trying to let one or two negative events take over. I believe that in every Wednesday, there must be some positive things that happen. But we often overlook them because one or two negative events that happen toward the end of the day or just so disturbing that it take our minds away from what is really important. So I urge you to take time to see what are your happy moments of your day. And if you can join the challenge, remember it is hashtag 100 happy days life plus up. And I can't wait to see all of your progress. Now, before we conclude our episode, I want all the listeners to know that I have the fortune to join Redunculous Podcast over the weekend by Jeff, Annie, and James. That is a fantastic podcast. You guys can see it in our show description and also try to find it on YouTube. Like their slogan, when life gets hard, you get redunculous. So that concluded for our episode this week. I will see all of you next week on Wednesday on Life Plus Up Podcast. As we're wrapping up this episode, I want to thank and remind all the listeners that in the description, you'll be able to find the overview of our contents the links to positive news and resources, and most importantly, the show notes that I publish on Medium. Our music are being brought by Scott Holmes from scottholmesmusic.com. And if you have a question for my guests or for myself, please email me at podcastlifeplusup at gmail.com or find me on Instagram or simply by clicking on the voice link in the description. If you find this podcast informative and helpful, Please follow and subscribe through your favorite podcast platform and share with someone that you really think this can help. If you want to support, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or simply by clicking on the donation button. Now, we'll see you all next Wednesday. Until then, remember, success without fun never lasts. And fun without success is not really too much fun. So let's have a fun and a successful podcast together.